1: Let's rock and roll! It's time for your host of the Advanced Analytics Podcast. It's Paul Williams.
0: Well, one of the hosts. It's a joint. We joint hosts.
1: Oh, last week you were the host.
0: I was one of the hosts.
1: Last last week we were rival hosts.
0: Yeah, this week we're joint hosts.
1: Okay, together, well, let's join introduce the show, um, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Gentlemen, it's time. It's time for. Advanced, advanced analytics, analytics. If you don't like that, you don't like how are you
0: a little sick so apologies you- if i if i sound nasal
1: you're um, performing in london this week is that exciting
0: very exciting yeah
1: so now if you do a show in new zealand you can say direct from london that's quite exciting eh
0: yeah, this is a world tour because I'm doing London and then uh, New York. Are you going to do a New York gig? Yeah, I'm doing London and New York world tour.
1: Wow. There's many
0: shirts, mate.
1: There's pretty big. Any podcast listeners in London or New York, I guess, go on Paul's Twitter. Like, how do they find out about these great gigs?
0: Yeah, well, this podcast right now.
1: Okay, we well, where are, where are they? Are they in small bars? Where are they?
0: Oh, the best venues. Uh, London one's at a place called Ninety Three Feet East in Shoreditch. Yeah. On Thursday night, aka election night. Uh,
1: that's a weird night the, to book it. I guess that's why the bar. No, was the Queen.
0: Free. That's why they brought me. The Queen flew me over.
1: <laughs> she, she um
0: she could tell it was a tense time. Yeah. And she thought I'd bring a lot of joy. Yeah. Uh, and then the New York show was at the Mercury Lounge um, one of my favorite bands of all time, The Strokes uh kind of started out at the mercury lounge other notable names to play there oh just ed Sheeran, and sam smith katie perry
1: why have all these um, people played there and how did you get a gig there is there like I two think, rooms i'm
0: pretty sure Weezer. um wait is it Wee? no um who's uh not we what? not weezer who's the band who's singing teenage dirtbag uh <laughs>
1: Weezer is like it. a legendary band. Weetus is a one-hit wonder who sings t- Teenage Dirtbag.
0: It's a hell of a song. There's a video of them playing it there, possibly for the first time. So it's crazy.
1: Well, check out Paul's show in London and New York as part of his world tour. What a strange tour. You're not doing what? New Zealand on the tour.
0: In, in case you didn't realize, New Zealand is a very weird country.
1: No, but it's where you're from. And where most of your fans are probably yeah, best.
0: If you're doing a world tour, you're not going, oh, I'm doing all the, the hotspots London, New York, Whakatane. <laughs>
1: that's a good point. Um,
0: that's
1: a good point. Um, yeah,
0: okay. Most people skip New Zealand probably on their tour.
1: It's time. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, that's not true. Everyone comes, we always get the last gig. Do you know who I loved? I saw this week Carly Ray Jepsen, gig of the year.
0: Yeah, right. Who was
1: your gig of the year? Musical comedy?
0: Music or comedy. Yeah.
1: Just like a a night out that you had that was like amazing.
0: Those are very different. I mean, um, Vampire Weekend at Madison Square Garden was pretty good. And that was like your birthday Uh,
1: spectacular as well, eh?
0: That was my birthday spectacular. The show went for about 12 hours, which I loved (laughs) as a fan. Um, Yeah, they played literally 1,000 songs. It was actually crazy. Like, they were taking requests and then just playing. Like they'd get like quite a niche request and they'd play the whole song and then they'd even like blend it into like a cover of some other song and I was like It's crazy to learn every song and then also learn other songs to blend into it. Yeah. I don't know, it was
1: The Talented um, Man.
0: It was awesome. Well you're um, you're
1: probably doing a four hour show on your show in London this week.
0: No. I I have got some special guests. Um
1: Who are your special I, guests? That's interesting.
0: Oh no, or um, well, you can't tell Christopher me. Christopher Bliss. Oh, sick. He's a, new, a British author. And then I have, uh, I have a friend, Mae Martin, who does comedy. And she texted me just a, fo- a photo of her house saying, you should come over sometime. And there were lots of guitars. Yeah. This is just like two days ago. And I was <laughs> like, do you play the guitar? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, would you come and play a song at my show? Um, <laughs> accompany me on the guitar. And she was like, Yeah. And I was like, okay, the song's called this, and um, I'll send you the chords. And then she was like, I already know it. And I was Whoa. like, what? and then she was like, um, she was like, I was like, oh yeah, don't worry about the guitar solo. We can stop it before then. She was like, I know the solo as well. And I was like, wow,
1: Whoa. oh, that makes me yeah. feel warm in my brain. That's awesome
0: yeah we haven't practiced yet i
1: can't I wait to go. after that inspirational story i can't wait to see your performance as you sing out of tune to her horrific guitar as she's just learning and like barely hitting the notes um, no. oh man that's a gig to see may martin comedy legend oh christopher yeah. bliss i I'm not i don't know him personally but um i've heard and great things and i um, what have, a name have as got well. a
0: I've got a third guy, Johnny White, who I just met like a week ago at someone's <laughs> birthday.
1: I love how everyone in the gig is just people you met a week ago. It's great.
0: Um, no, I've known May for years, but yeah. this guy I just met a few weeks ago. And um, That's
1: good. You can say at the gig, you go, know, bring it up to, friend, um, um, to the stage now, an old friend, and you won't be yeah. lying.
0: Yes, but um, Johnny White. Is Wait, you Johnny said his name was
1: Donny White before.
0: <laughs> no, Johnny. Okay. I'm a bit sick. But Johnny changed. White, really, really, he... um. I was definitely getting like a Museo vibe from him because he does comedy but then, yeah, it turns out he does music but then he sent me one of his tracks on SoundCloud and it was fire and I was like, because basically I'd already invited him to come do something just like off his vibe. I didn't really know anything. Wow. And uh, and anyway, he uh, he sent me a song. It was awesome. But then I was like, would you be able to do this live? And he kind of said no because he thought the vocals were too kind of synth- synthesized. And But then he was like, I'm going to do, I'll do a uh, th- a thing a, a poem I've written about Godzilla or something so he's gonna do that
1: <laughs> wait so you got him on the strength of the SoundCloud raps and uh not raps oh, songs like... sorry I've never heard yeah. of someone on SoundCloud that's not rapping um what? so you got him on his SoundCloud music and then you're like can you do the song I love it and he's like no but I can read a poem about Godzilla and you're like choice
0: yeah Great. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. Oh, I'm jealous I, need to get I can't some come more to gigs for New York though cuz currently the guests there like there's not a lot happening, but I'll find, some, um, I'll find some.
1: Can I recommend a a New York native who's well known for tinkling the ivories in New York, Billy Joel?
0: Possibly. I don't know if he's the right vibe. No, nah,
1: he's good man. Like he honestly, he plays New York Madison Square Garden every month and he sells out. So like yeah. he would be really good for ticket sales, I reckon.
0: No, I don't know if he's the right vibe. Give him a text, man. I'm just sure see, love, just at, at, least try,
1: at least try and see if Billy Joel wants to play. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, 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 you don't want to die wondering and going, and going. any regrets, Paul? And you're like, oh, I wish Billy Joel had played at my gig in New York City on my world tour. Yeah. Good point,
0: eh? Possibly.
1: Listen to me. I'm wise. And um, I've got some good basketball we... takes. So it's yeah, time. We... Yeah, whenever I'm doing some good chat, you always tell me, "Should we move on?
0: No, we've just been talking about it for a long time. Yeah, it's interesting.
1: I'm interested and I'm me.
0: We're about five minutes in and there's been no mention of basketball. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about Madison Square Garden, but as a music concert. I
1: played the Week in Review sting. Can you not hear that? I didn't hear it, no. You talked over it again. One more time. Week in Review. Nice. Um, This week. Huge week. Oh, sorry, you're the host.
0: Huge week in the NBA this year. This week? Uh, sh- Chris Paul and shirt- Shirtgate. LeBron James and sock- Sockgate. Oh, these are Carmelo such crap Anthony, scandals. Player of the Week-gate. Oh, yeah. David Fisdale, Fired, G- Firing-gate. A lot of scandals.
1: What have you got to add? I like Kyle Lowry trying to fight a guy in the crowd at Philly.
0: Oh, yeah, and telling him his address. I tried to find that address. I couldn't find it.
1: Oh, it's so funny, bro. So let me explain this to you. Okay, as a comedian, you're not supposed to start stories with so funny, bro, so I've already oversold it. But the story, Mm. for people who don't know, is um, uh, a journalist tweeted, Kyle Lowry exiting the tunnel after a loss in Philadelphia responds to a heckling fan, come see me, come see me, come see me, about seven times, restrained by a teammate he puts lightly like it wasn't too serious and he said i live at 20th and lee come see me
0: i thought it said lehigh. Oh, lehigh.
1: Sorry, i said lee oh lee sorry i read it wrong
0: okay right.
1: i like how you remember as if that details at all important to no, the story
0: what is when i was trying to find where he lived and i couldn't find it and i was like did he give a fake address what's going on here?
1: no so like um and people are like um uh that's crazy if he still lives at um 20th and lehigh because um uh that's right at the edge of. Uh, um, these, these are the names of the suburbs that's on the edge of Strawberry Mansion and Nice Town.
0: Mm. Nice Town. Nice Town. Like that, Nice. This sounds like an unreal place. Yes, here.
1: I know. It sounds like a place that you'd, you'd you, um, that Ma- Super Mario would go to in Super Mario World or something like that. Um, yeah. You know how we, You know how there's that um, that area in um, Auckland. It's a depressing area near the race course, but like the um, the
0: all the Peach Parade.
1: The roads are called Peach Parade and. Um, ladies mile and you're like what yeah. is this magical land well it's not that magical turns out it's the same for strawberry mansion and nice town in um uh philadelphia they're two of the worst and most not nice according to people on reddit parts of north philadelphia the joke in mm. philadelphia being the nicer the suburb sounds the, the scarier it is and yeah, um right. when i did a google match, uh map research it was yeah, quite a um, a rough neighbourhood, but then a Raptors fan who who you can't verify it, but like they might know said um, that's actually his childhood address. Lol, um, yeah. Which is Twentieth and Lee, and then if you do um, if you do a Google um, Street View search, um, it, the main the main address he says is actually just like a kind of major intersection with a park on one side, some sort of school building or something on the other side. But then on the one corner there is like a you know like some sort of apartment. Um, house thing and then if you go down the street a little bit there is an all red house with a kid sitting outside on the Google Street View um, in mm. a Raptors Lowry t-shirt and the, also the, the house is painted like Raptors red and it makes you think that he owns his childhood house and probably knows or has family living there
0: wow, wow.
1: that guy should Crazy. go to that address just to see Kyle Lowry and when you got there go like hey yeah. man I'm sorry for heckling you
0: Years ago, um, a few years back, Trevor Ariza got into a Twitter argument, and then was like, "We need to meet up and fight." Yeah, it was quite funny.
1: It's really interesting because if there's one thing that a lot of sport has taught me, and has been a good thing, is I've got quite good at l- losing. Like when I, when my basketball career ended too soon, RIP. Um, I got into comedy, and comedy was the craziest thing because I was with all these like drama nerds or whoever they were, in the competitions. And Mm. only one person could win out of 30 people. And what I noticed is when people would lose, they would take it really badly. Like people would stop talking. People would storm out. It would be really, you'd think you'd go for a drink afterwards or have a bit of a, like a, you know, like a hoorah about how great the competition was. But no, it would be tense as hell. And I realized that sport had taught me One valuable lesson, which was, um, yeah, how to take a loss. And it's just weird. Obviously, Cole Lowry has taken a lot less losses than me, and he's a defending NBA champion. But you think think now he would be kind of used to just, like, you know, getting heckled by fans as you lose in away games in the NBA because he must have done it hundreds of times?
0: Yeah, I don't reckon...
1: You don't reckon it doesn't get any easier? No.
0: Why well, I reckon to get to the NBA you gotta be pretty competitive.
1: Yeah, but then but then at the same time you realise like on to the next one. Like the Raptors lose this game in Philly. I they mean, should the lose. Guys like Philly's that, a good team. They're
0: not they're not the guys you want on your team. I think.
1: Okay, so maybe so you're saying like maybe the Sacramento Kings are doing that right now, like they're like, Oh well, you win some, you lose some.
0: But <laughs> yeah, the, the I top- don't know, I'd say like Andrew Wiggins for years has been a bit probably like that.
1: Yeah, maybe, yeah. but at the same time, you can only in life you can only do your best, and you go you go crazy if you're like think about the amount of criticism that Cole Lauer. You, like, you hate him. Imagine if you listen to this podcast, you'd wanna he'd wanna punch himself in the face. Like, um, he, he gets so really much criticism. Hate you hated him last year in doing the play.
0: He's, he's the face of my fantasy team.
1: Every oh, that this is so funny. Yeah, you turned a U turn there last year. You yeah, got the audio. You hated Cole Lauer. No, no,
0: no. Yes, but he, you hate to play against him. If he was on the Magic, I'd love him. He'd be my favourite player.
1: I don't, I don't love Probably. him. Like it's quite embarrassing. He flops. He complains to the ref. You know, quite. A, I don't think he's. I don't think he's as bad as other players, but mm. he does. He, he's a he's a chirpy little point guard. Um, yeah,
0: I think you can Yeah, a you, hated
1: him, are, year, though, you hated him last year, though. You hated him. Yeah, when the Magic we were playing lost? against
0: him in the playoffs, and it was a howl. <laughs> it was absolute howl.
1: Anyway, it's it, it just seems kind of um a bit bleak on his department. I I thought you were I thought I was going to take the other position because you'd be like what a Kyle Lowry's such a douche. But like if you're getting no, into f- arguments with fans after games and saying come to my childhood house, no, that's okay, let's, that's
0: a red flag. On the subject of douche-douchery. Yeah. LeBron James walking on the court in his socks and then going off at the Jazz commentators. Can we talk about this? Did you see it?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't care too much about it to be honest. But um it boiled to tell, me, blood. tell
0: me, reading his Instagram post. Tell me about unreal. your boiled
1: blood for a start. What? Like like so he went, so so he won the game he took his shoes off, which is like a...
0: It was a blowout game. It's a
1: universal so, NBA sign of disrespect when you take your shoes off. You're like, I'm not coming back. Before the, the game, game
0: finishes, yes. I'll he never forget, out off. high
1: school, kids used to always take their shoes off in high school, and then the other, t- the other team would make a couple of threes and come roaring back, and then you'd all of a sudden have to lace up your sneakers again. Um, the funniest yeah, thing. Right. But um, he didn't have to do that. They, want, they want, had a good win on the road at Utah. It was mm. kind of like mm. two good wins in a row for them, because they beat Denver the night before. And yeah. um and so he took his shoes off fine, right?
0: Yes. And then there's a position where he walks what I would describe way too far out onto the court. Yeah. He was literally basically blocking a guy in the corner who was spotting up for a three. Yeah. He walks very far out, um, kind of like celebrating or like whatever. And then um, the commentator was just like, what are you doing? Called him out for it. Rightly so. It was so. So, so what was he?
1: What was he celebrating? Like a three or a dunk or something?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Just like they were up big and they were passing. Like someone was maybe shooting a three, and you know how like they walk with their hands up in the air or something like that. So he, who um, who was
1: he blocking? Was he blocking a player on the Lakers for, for who was spotting from the corner? <laughs>
0: I don't know. I can't remember. My point Maybe is it not. just
1: doesn't for me. You're rowy about this. It doesn't seem that bad. Like he's let him, he's LeBron James. He's got a long basketball schedule. He's the, one of the greatest players ever. Let him, he's allowed to be a goof, you know?
0: I just it's disrespectful. Mate, if
1: I was in the NBA, I would be like I'd be like suiting up in my silkiest warm-ups and doing body slides during the timeouts across the court.
0: Yeah, you'd be out of the league in- and <laughs> Days.
1: You can't kick LeBron James out of the league.
0: Okay, so the Jazz, uh, wait, I'm watching it now. The Jazz, were are on, um, wait.
1: Give us some facts, Paul. Use your words. Sorry,
0: this is chaos. Um. <laughs> oh, it's absolute chaos. Sounds like you're witnessing thing like very a loud train crash in my ears. or something. Um, how do I mute one tab?
1: <laughs> Paul, this is terrible yeah? podcasting.
0: Okay, the Jazz are on offense. There's a block. He walks out onto the court. He's, okay, he's approximately three to four meters out on the court. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: just waiting for you to say something.
0: Yeah, okay. So he did this long Instagram post where he starts, imagine doing your job at the highest level to where you're not needed anymore, giving your shoes to a little girl and boy who you inspire and hopes you made proud that night. Mm then cheering on your teammates because you love seeing them succeed more than yourself, only to be criticized while doing it. People, it's the world we live in, and you can't let it ever stop you from your purpose in life. Negativity, bad energy, hate, envy, etc., etc., will try to bring you down throughout your journey, and it's up to you on how you handle it. I handle it by simply saying, thank you with a smile on my face, and continue to push forward while doing it. Live, love, love. Hmm. Prayer emoji, heart emoji, crown emoji.
1: Oh, oh, okay, yeah, you're right, that does sound very, um, Lee Alice described it as David Brentian, and I think that's pretty good. <laughs> um, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound great, but um, at the same time,
0: hey, yeah? Here's, hey, get off the court. It's fine to get subbed out for doing your job at the highest level and getting a break, but then wait until the game's over, take your shoes off, give them to a kid, and then there's no issues. Okay. Why would you do yeah, it no, before? No. Then?
1: Everyone's in the wrong here. LeBron's in the wrong and he overreacted. But I don't think it's I don't think it's that bad. I was like, if it was me, cuz we've all been in a situation though where you're doing something that's not that bad and someone lo- overreacts the other way. It happens a lot in sports because there's the tension of winning and losing. Like like clearly LeBron was being too silly, but like the Denver commentator maybe shouldn't have been as yeah, harsh on him. Utah. And then LeBron well, Utah. he wasn't that
0: harsh. He was just like that's disrespectful. Yeah. I yeah. think he called it.
1: I mean, it's it's a stupid care. basketball game. I mean, who cares what he does? But then LeBron obviously overreacted as well. But it's funny he didn't go harder. Like he was quite nice about it. I mean, it was cheesy and, and kind of lame. But um, uh, that's how LeBron is. But if it was me, I would have gone, Mother Effa, I'm LeBron James. Lick my ass. I'm going to dunk like on right. you, Mother Effas, twenty four seven, and then throw my shoes at you in disrespect. Um, I'm the king. King out. I don't know. Like. Yeah, I think he's. I think LeBron is amazingly restrained for who he is. It's weird that he would respond to this criticism, which is pretty mild, when you know he's been criticised yeah. for a lot of stuff in his career. And um, yeah, it's it's weird he doesn't respond to other things. I mean, a lot of people have lost a lot of respect for him with his comments about China and Hong Kong. But um, mm. uh, it's weird that this is the time where he bites. Of all the, you know, because he 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 manages to ignore most of the BS. And again, it's like Kyle Lowry. It's like LeBron. You get criticised over tiny stuff. All the time, it's weird that um, it's weird that this has triggered you. But I guess we're all human, and just sometimes you get caught at a moment of weakness, and it's a bit embarrassing.
0: Okay, second scandal. Chris Paul, OKC versus Minnesota. Did you see the end of the game? It was crazy, crazy. What's that? who's that guy? What's that guy's name? Who um, who used to play for the Warriors and now plays for the Timberwolves? Uh, he was drafted about two years ago, and it was a big deal at the time that the Bulls traded him for cash consideration. Yeah,
1: sorry, man, I, I can't help you.
0: What's his name? Um. Anyway, he's really annoying. He annoyed me when he was on the Warriors because I, I felt like he he thought he was much better than he was, and um. And anyway, he, he walks, walks out with his a, shirt w-
1: w- with his shirt intact. Yeah.
0: Yes, and. Gave up one point and then. Well, Chris Paul,
1: they, like, sad. I mean, I, I know he's fighting for a win and stuff like that. And people are like savvy veteran got the move, win.
0: but it could it, savvy veteran it, move. It could also it be funny, though, it's kind that, of
1: embarrassing that this is what he's doing now, like complaining what, about guys with uh, shirts untucked.
0: He was tucking his mind. shirt
1: in. It's it, like it the most a, obscure, obscure Scott Foster bullshit <laughs> is what this is. Like, what else? Yeah.
0: What I'll say is. I was fine with him doing, like, calling it out there. No. I don't like th- when there's rules and they don't get followed. Like I hate guys shooting free throws and jumping over the free throw Yeah, line. lane violations happen every
1: free throw. Like, it's, I know. There's got to be a bit of them. common sense. The, a good example that mirrors this, I think, is the James Harden dunk that went in, went round the net, and then popped out. And if the yeah. rule is that's a made basket, or the refs have any question whatsoever, you need to review that. I know that's not a reviewable yeah. thing. Did the ball go through the net or not? But... um you should just there should just be like a level of common sense and the ref going hey i'm going to risk my career here and i'm just going to review this just because i think that ball might have gone in yeah. and it could be decisive the,
0: the and the ref is, going
1: i'm going to risk my career here and give that guy a warning for not tucking in his shirt and not um penalize him for it like this ridiculous
0: like no i think penalize him for it it's you, um, like, the rules it's rules and they should and, be followed yeah,
1: but, no but so. once you get once you get that pedantic pull, you start um you start calling every little like Imagine, imagine the number of games that have probably been decided where the inbounder probably has his foot. On. You know, when Jordan makes his buzzer beater over Elo against Cleveland, that legendary moment, Jordan fires. The inbounder probably had his toe on the line, inbounding, and it. it probably should have been a line violation. Like, if you start calling every little thing in sports like that has no but consequence on the game whatsoever, you're, um, you're this, you, you th- fall apart. This
0: had a huge consequence because then. No, but his shirt, being, his, his
1: shirt being untucked didn't have any consequence on the game. You're right. Him getting a technical for it and giving up a point and costing yeah. his team the game did, did have an effect. But that
0: that set up for. Because you were saying, like, the issue is it could take away these dramatic moments, but this one actually gave a dramatic moment.
1: Yeah, okay. But yeah, that, that, that's a good point. But, like, I'm saying is you would hate, hate, hate for the NBA. For, imagine if. Um, Okay, imagine if um, they started reviewing um, uh, Kawhi Leonard's three over Game 7, 76 last year, one of the greatest shots in playoff history. Imagine if they looked at it and found out that the back of his New Balance shoe was a millimeter over the um, side out of of bound line before they launched that shot. They had, like, heat-seeking technology that was able to, like, perfectly pinpoint where his shoe was, and they're like, he's a millimeter over line, so he's out of bounds. You know, like... I don't know if you start just calling ridiculous stuff. I mean, imagine, um, imagine if uh, a player got a suspension because they were wearing like Kyrie's been wearing the wrong socks um, in games. Have you heard about Kyrie's socks? Um, no. Yeah, um, Kyrie started wearing like some old NBA socks where he was drawing the Nike tick on himself with a twink or something like that. Yeah, it's quite right. funny. Yeah, well, that but,
0: should be suspension.
1: But, yeah, this, this is what I'm talking about. Um, uh, James James Harden. Um, rolls his socks over to hide the Nike ticks because he's sponsored by Adidas. Like, are you going to are you gonna give him a technical foul for rolling his socks over? Like, I don't know. It just
0: No, you can't do that. Tiny but, um,
1: uniform violations should not de- what de- de- I will say, um, uh, decide games. And while I'm glad this led, led to an exciting um, finish and overtime, it's like you can't call a, a, a shirt untouched violation unless it, while he's tucking it in, while he's calling it. It's crazy.
0: What I will say is that Chris Paul then complained about it the next night when his team got called for it. And oh. he was like, he's just trying to make a point.
1: Oh, what um, so so Chris Paul's team got called for shirt untuckness.
0: Yeah, like, like, like yesterday. Oh, my God. And he, and he was complaining. And, and he this is like,
1: Chris Paul's life now. Man, I hope he get traded. On last week's podcast, did I suggest that he should get traded to the um, Jazz?
0: Uh, I don't remember that. that was, that's
1: a good take, though. I might have had that with my hairdresser. I forget what's a podcast well, and what's a chat with my hairdresser. Um, Mike
0: Conley needs to get better. It's crazy.
1: It's not just him, though. It's um, Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell. Like yeah. Their whole team is Engels underperforming. Is, maybe. And it, it, no one can understand why. It really interests me. But my thought would be if Utah could make a crazy trade, trade Chris Paul for um, uh, Mike Conley or trade Mike Conley for Russell Westbrook, like you may as well try it because like this is the year to do stuff it's like a few of these teams like Houston yeah. as well it's like Houston is kind well, of a little bit sad that Russell Westbrook just literally can't shoot and i know i know but they um, knew
0: that when they got him
1: i know but, but no but he's worse than what they expected and okay. like if he doesn't improve I- I it it's like you've move. got you've got what
0: I thought it was a weird move at the time. No,
1: no, 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 uh, no, no. Ev- everyone did, but everyone's like Russell Westbrook has shot okay in the past. Surely he will improve. But instead, he's gone the other way. And it's like these teams, like this is this year is for the taking, right? The best team at the moment is the Lakers. They don't look that good. The Bucks don't look that good. Like any team could win. And I'm like,
0: man, if I think the Bucks look, do look weird. The Jazz. Though.
1: This was supposed. To, they're not that good though. They're not like um. They're not like the yeah. Raptors last year or the Warriors last year. They looked awesome
0: year. when they played the Magic.
1: They're not. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, every team looks awesome when they play the Magic. Not
0: true. Okay. Not true. Who, who, didn't look, who doesn't
1: look awesome against the Magic? The Suns.
0: The teams are struggling to put up points.
1: Yeah, okay. Anyway.
0: If we crack 100, we <laughs> win, basically. <Yeah.
1: laughs> That's a big if. Okay. Um, we'll get to the Magic mayhem soon. But the point is that Utah and Houston are two teams that were like Nuggets as well. Nuggets have still got – maybe not this year's not the year and they're still developing and they've got to get Jokic on a treadmill. But this is, like, the opportunity for the Jazz. The Houston Rockets are, like, they're getting older every year. Like, it's now or never. It's, like, I mean, I'm excited for December 15th when the trade deadline, uh, the trade uh, window opens, or whatever it's called. Um, Mm. But, like, a few teams, like, if you're going to do something crazy, and they've already done, like, trading for Westbrook was already quite a crazy thing to do. But if you're going to do something crazy, do it now. And if you could move Conley for... um, Westbrook, Con- um, the, uh, or or for um, uh, J- Chris Paul, is, try it. Copy. Conley Paul
0: was supposed to be the big thing. Yes, and he's, he's just it, not it's playing ba- well. It's
1: backfired badly. Um, I mean, looking at looking at now, Conley looks. or he's everyone knew he was overpaid, but they paid him because they wanted to keep him in Memphis and stuff like that. But um, he, he he's old, and um, he played in a system in Memphis where it was all about him, and now it's not all about him. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see he's if if, team,
0: if, if, Mitchell,
1: if Donovan Mitchell got injured, like maybe Conley comes right when the when the offense is more built around him. But right now, it's like he's not a good enough shooter. He's not a good enough like fitting into a team role. And maybe Chris Paul's better at that, and their money probably matches. Um, pull the trigger. I don't know if that's possible, but do it. Same yeah, with Rockets. It's like Rockets. This is your year. If you don't do it now, so
0: get Chris Paul.
1: To get Chris, Paul. now I, I know if Chris Paul's the fix, but to be honest, you got to look at it and go. Last year, if they'd run back their team from last year that like yeah. was decent, like, I mean well, they he- had a pretty disappointing playoffs, but like was decent. You've got the to. to you suggest the they base. bring him back. Well, just, uh, no, not really. I,
0: I think the reason they got rid of him was because maybe James Harden soured that, him. No, that supposedly. was this
1: crazy rumor from, was it Mark Spears or someone at ESPN? M- 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 yeah, it
0: kind of makes sense. Like, why else would they do that? No, move, but that's
1: just pure speculation, man. Like, he, he honestly yeah. goes, um, he goes...
0: He said he ran over. Yeah, he goes, so he but, goes but he also said,
1: I listened to the podcast, he's like, I haven't, I haven't watched the game, but I've heard. And it's like, Italy, if you're going to make this huge call that... What you're claiming is that James Harden was during, in front of millions of cameras and millions of cell phones, in a major NBA game that thousands of people, millions of people around the world are watching. He's going to literally ask for a trade of his co captain. You know, this is madness. And like.
0: They claimed he covered the microphone.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. D'Antoni was uh, mic'd at the same time, which is also ridiculous, because um, NBA teams just cut out all the good bits from those mic segments. Like, if that wasn't there, like, obviously, <laughs> like, would, ESPN would cut it before. That it would be
0: really funny if they're like, it's time for mics up with Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> and it's all, like, real vague. Him being like, we need to keep pushing. We've got to play D. We've got to play D. He's got to go, coach. We've got to <laughs> trade Chris Paul. <laughs> keep moving the ball. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Back to James Harden, and he's yeah. like, um, he's like, I've got to trade. Russell Westbrook, I used to play with him in OKC. He's my boy. He's a great player, yeah, he and he's is. going to shoot better next year. We'll do a trade for him in the off season. It's going yeah. to be perfect, coach. Believe me. And that was Mike Topp on ESPN. To <laughs> um,
0: yeah, okay. What what other big stories? Dave Fisdale out as the New York Knicks coach. I don't even Sports. want to
1: talk about the Knicks. So I... I desperately think, and this is getting into my guy. I've been thinking, but let's let's see, let's get in there now. I definitely, and I said this last year, but it was a great idea. Um, we need relegation. Um, yeah, you
0: bring this up every second episode. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay. There's too many bad teams. The way the NBA is now, there's ten contenders, ten teams in the middle who are bad to floating around in no man's land. You know, that's the magic territory, and then yeah. there's the ten bottom who are just or, except for maybe the, um, the, um, the 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 Kings, who maybe have a bit of a bright future, every other team is just, like, so bad and going nowhere. And just, so like, they've got problems. If you look at a team like the Bulls, they've got problems at every level. Like, their personnel is bad and underperforming. Their coaching staff yeah, is, I is, is bad and needs to be fired. And their GM in front office is shocking. What, you disagree that the Bulls are bad and underperforming?
0: No, I think they're underperforming, but I think their roster isn't terrible and they should be doing way better. They should be a playoff team in the East. But all their play- all they should be, but their all their all their
1: players are like Larry Muckenan is bad, Zavit Levine, like they're just like they're supposed to be good and they're bad, right.
0: Yeah, but I like I think the coach is shocking.
1: Yeah, but we've been saying this, mm-hmm. we've been saying this about these teams for like 20 years. The front office is shocking too. Well, he's
0: only coaching. And, them and that's what I'm saying,
1: too. I was just like if we had relegation, it would fix so many of the NBA pro- That's what t- about this?
0: I've just had an idea.
1: Yeah, throw it out there. What if
0: owners can get their teams taken from them? They they get forced to sell, aka like a Donald Sterling thing. Yeah. If your team doesn't like cross a certain level in time, that's relegation.
1: That's exactly what you've described. No, no, no. It's not relegation. relegation.
0: The team stays, but the owner has to sell. So James Dolan, if the Knicks are like, say, if they were like this was like his last chance, and if they were bad this year, he's forced to sell the team.
1: The Knicks, you know the Knicks would still be um, a valuable team even if they went to the G League. Um, like, they would still... I don't think so. They would still play in Madison Square Garden, a, a stadium they owned, and they would just acquire players and sign as many players as they could so they could play their way up next year, just like they do in English
0: football. What players are they getting? You, they're New, they're like New York Knicks. They can get... Glenn, em- Glenn Rice Jr.
1: No, no. They can get every player. That's an obscure New Zealand basketball reference because he's been playing for the Breakers. He's a troubled... Um, uh,
0: yeah, well, I was just trying to think of a player who's not um NBA okay, okay, okay. You could sign. You can sign to, like make a G any league. Any player roster. from
1: the G league, you could sign. Um, any player from the NBA, true, they got the money. Like,
0: Okay, so, also, so think, you can't just take players from other teams.
1: Okay, think about yes, you can. You definitely can. Like you could, you could have. but um, if they're on
0: contracts?
1: You could, you could trade for them. Like people would come and play for the Knicks. So, so say, imagine this. Imagine I'm just trying to think of a player who's like underpaid at the moment, who like, like um, famously imagine Patrick Beverly. I think he got, I think he got paid this summer, but um, Patrick Beverly, famous for years, was making a tiny amount of money relative to how valuable he was as like a starting or or like six-man type point guard. Um, you could just mm-hmm. recruit Patrick Beverly and go, we'll pay you three million more dollars than what you're no, getting wherever you're at. But,
0: but- you can't pay someone in the G League $3 million more than an NBA contract.
1: Well, you'd, 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 oh, Paul, you'd, you'd have to sm- – you, you're like playing you're, – you're assuming we're going on existing rules. You would do it oh, – you, right. would, you would have to arrange it in such a way that an NBA team that went down could still pay heaps of money and fight their way up. But here's the thing. The other – a billionaire could start a team in Seattle that could also pay – you know, the salary cap would be the same – Could also pay to um, start a team that the Knicks would have to compete with down in the G League to fight for one of the three spots of going up into the NBA. Yeah,
0: okay. It's ridiculous.
1: It It would never happen, but it's needed because there needs to be a punishment. At the moment, teams like the Knicks, the Cavs, the Cavs are pathetic. And remember, yeah, the only reason idea. the only reason the Cavs have been good is because they were bailed out, possibly by a rigged draft to get LeBron to be. I, I'm not. Okay, I'm not going to say it's rigged. That's maybe too far. But like, it's suspicious.
0: No, I am. It's suspicious Which that draft?
1: LeBron <laughs> that LeBron got picked first by his hometown team. LeBron bailed them out massively, and then when he left and crushed them as he should have because they're awful. Um, uh, when he crushed them, um, they got bailed out by two first round picks again. And it's like if they get another first round pick. It's unacceptable, and the only reason that actually more teams, like
0: three first-round picks, basically. If oh, you three,
1: no, yeah, number uh, number one specifically picks. Kyrie,
0: Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins,
1: and like these teams, like just they need to be punished for being for the um for for the bullshit they're doing, and um, there's there's a number of teams like that that I think they need to be slapped. And um, and and the way to slap them is to send them down a league. The Knicks, as I'm saying, if they got relegated for a year, they would go down. They would still pay millions of dollars. They would attract. Develop players from Europe. Develop players from the G League. Build towards, um, you know, trying to win the G League or whatever. Whatever qualifies you automatically mm. to go up, or, or beating an NBA team at the end of the season. You'd have to beat who's a, who's a team at the bottom now, but not, wouldn't get relegated, like not a bottom, bottom three team. You'd have to beat the Bulls or something like that, which is you know seven game series. Imagine how good that would be. Imagine the Knicks who were relegated the year before playing the Bulls in a seven game series to see who stays in the NBA. Like that would be like bigger mm. than the NBA Finals in some ways. Like honestly, the Warriors
0: would have to go down this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Warriors are a perfect example. Like, don't get me I wrong. I disagree. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. The Warriors have been a great, well-run franchise who have done great things, created a great team, and one of the greatest teams of all time, and had unprecedented success. But then this year, they shouldn't be allowed to tank, so they can just re-up next year. You not, get rewarded for failure. Like
0: their their tanking is pretty. I don't think they wanted to... Play.
1: NBA ratings are down, and it's literally because the Warriors are playing every like nationally televised game, and um, they are terrible. They're one of the worst teams, probably the worst team. And, and, and it, there needs to be some sort of dispensation because they've had a lot of injury. Basically, they've, they've paid all their money to four players, and those four players, including um, uh, D'Angelo Russell, have been injured like pretty much the whole season, so they're doomed but you still should have to be competitive and put a competitive team on the, on the floor. And if that's not the case, then they need to trade um, one of their, like, they should have to be forced to trade um, uh, Clay. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start
0: hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today
1: who's a valuable trade piece right now for maybe three um, serviceable players to get your team up out of the relegation zone that's what should ha- that's just the harsh reality yeah of I actually professional don't hate it. sports it's competition
0: I don't hate it um Thank you, and because I do like the relegation system in like British football.
1: And um, the crazy thing is, though, because that's what happens. As well, like teams like Newcastle, who are huge teams, they go down, yeah. and then they 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 are too good for the second league, and they come straight up. The hilarious thing, though, is that when teams go down, or it's also tragic, and then go down again, like um, yeah. they made that um, they made that um, Netf- uh, Sunderland to I die. Uh, documentary about the Sunderland Football Club and it was supposed Mm. to be about their redemption story of making it back up to the Premier League and instead it was a story of them going the other way, spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's just there's something about relegation and I'm just... The reason I bring this up and I guess this this, this ties into the Week in Review is because um, people were talking about a play-in tournament and while I was for the idea when people were talking about it, Adam Silver, and I don't think they're seriously considering it, but Adam Silver did mention it being considered, I think just to spark up the, um, the podcasters um, uh, f- you know, for a few boring weeks while the schedule's a bit weak before they get to the Christmas Day bonanzas um, yeah. and the NBA kicks on again. Um, uh, a play-in tournament, I, now that I hear about it, I liked the idea, I think is awful. Like, how do you incentivize it like players aren't really going to pay like you like it's a million dollars prize money, Well, the players aren't really going to pay for their share of you know what are
0: they who's playing i don't understand anything. the
1: like rumor that. is Adam Silver said that there was a they were considering a play in, uh, like some sort of tournament in the middle of the um in the middle of the year whether it whether it qualifies for um uh money or for um Uh, home playoff advantage or I don't know there's just they want to make a tournament in the middle of the year to energise the league and I mean that's pathetic because what you're doing if you're suggesting that's an option is saying that your product in an 82 game season isn't exciting enough, and you need to put in another product to try and zhuzh it up. Why, why don't you add a three on three tournament? Actually, that sounds like a really good idea. I'd actually like to see that, like a street ball type comp to see which team's got the best street kind of offensive. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is that, like, you're saying, you're admitting that the product is broken, which I think we all agree it kind of is a little bit broken. Um, uh, so it needs to be jujed up, and relegation is a way to do it, because all of a sudden, all those crappy games that, um, because every day you see, you see games and you're like, I'm not going to watch 76ers versus Bulls. I'm not going to watch Milwaukee versus um, uh, Knicks because there's just no point. You're like, especially the blowouts this year have been so big. There's like 50-point games and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So so how do you fix that? And I'm like, relegation, and may- meaning that the Knicks, every game, are fighting for their survival. And if they beat Milwaukee on an upset – they're like celebrating like it's the greatest day of their lives because it means they're yeah it would one step. really
0: raised the stakes
1: yeah it really creating a floor as opposed to it would
0: to be cool to see like the um main red claws like get up
1: yeah you know? yeah 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 the problem yeah, you is you run
0: me over and I'm on board the, the, as long as they they can pay higher salaries the the,
1: the problem yeah you'd have to make the salary cap in the G League the same as the NBA or close to. The, um the pro- there's, there, there's a lot of problems and the problem is there's so many billionaires in the world now that like you, it become like like British soccer teams it have become, become like yeah. like um, just billionaires just, just buy these teams for a bit of fun and they're like let's see what we can do with. I was the- just
0: thinking that I was reading I think I was reading it was either I was reading this or I dreamed it that the um, owners of PSG one of my football teams yeah uh, is buying Leeds and I was like okay well Leeds is gonna like in a few years be probably like back in you know, back on the rise. Yeah. Like Leeds United used to be like a dominant Yeah. Yeah. Dominant team. There's this Hicks
1: there's like that. Sunderland was like that. Um there's a whole lot of football teams in there that used I'd to be. I'd love to
0: see like a um like a line graph of like all the teams like rising and falling and stuff, you know? And you'd see like teams that were like nothing coming up and stuff.
1: Well, a lot of it has to do with, yeah, like, just money. And it's like some of the teams yeah, now are, are London sure. teams that have oil money behind them or, or or just big glamour teams. And the teams that have gone down are often, like, Sunderland is a former, like, like industrial city that has, like, fallen on tough economic times. So, like, they mm. just don't have the money or no one wants to own a team from Sunderland. Like, it's kind of sad. But, like, it just comes down to money. And you'd have to... The relegation idea takes a lot more thinking out. Like, you'd really need... To stop people from just starting, like the um, yeah, like just like the um, Idaho potatoes, and just like launching them, in, you'd have to you'd have to really think about like how it was like maybe you limit the entire pool of teams that can go up and down to sixty or something like that. This is never going to happen, by the way. It's just a hypothetical. The reason it'll never happen is because the NBA is owned by the owners, and the thirty teams just want to protect their assets, and they like the idea that no matter how bad the Phoenix Suns are, they can't get worth they can't get worse than like worth, like, a billion dollars. Whereas, yeah. if they could get relegated, they could. My point with the Knicks was that if the Knicks went, Knicks went down next year, they would still probably sell out a whole, like, still sell well, because they're still a basketball team in the heart of New York City. They still own the stadium. Oh, like, no. like, no, no, you've got to remember that, like, half the Knicks ticket sales at the moment are um, uh, tourists. Uh, tourists. And so the tourists would yeah, still come. Co- they, wouldn't no- they wouldn't notice that are they're playing the Raptors G League team. Yeah, honestly after oh, two I years really, or three years yeah. down there no plus the true fans would go because you'd, you'd lower your ticket prices and you'd go because yeah, you'd want to support your team passionately Knicks, to see them get into the championship the I don't Knicks know
0: are, the Knicks are crazy because like I, I go to Nets games instead because they're literally like less than half the price yeah and uh, it's that's insane because it's like there's no way like you know the Nets are at least a playoff team Um,
1: yeah Okay, well speaking of playoff tie- teams, it's that time, right about that, right time, about
0: that time for, the, for stars the Stars to roll on roll out. now. to the, the boys are back in town, baby.
1: Yeah, they've had a good week, right?
0: Yeah. Um, the thing is, is like, I was thinking how we've just got to win the games that we should win. Like you, you know. Yeah. You might occasionally get an upset in
1: the East Conference. That's you, how you make the playoffs, and you've got a lot of bad teams.
0: The, yes, and we we had a three game uh, three games in a row: Washington, Phoenix, Cleveland. And I was like, I could maybe see us dropping one of them. But they just got the job done and one all three. We're on a four-game winning streak now. Our Golden State before that as well. It was a, a really cruisy stretch. But still, we've won five of the last four, all against pretty bad teams. But, um, Take it, man. You know, the, the boys were clinical. Uh, we've been making shots, which is great, because to start the season we just couldn't make shots at all. Uh so yeah, it's been a good week. We've got a hard stretch now of um, Milwaukee, Lakers, Rockets. Ooh. So the streak could come to an end, but and M- Milwaukee is weirdly a real bogey team. I think for us, like they look so good when they. Play they are very
1: good. League. They're one of the favourites yeah, for the championship.
0: Yeah, but I think even especially against us, they just seem like it's well crazy how good they seem. Like so, yeah, maybe like they two, match up well. Yeah, I think they do because I think I think maybe. The more kind of outside shooting you have against the magic, really helps because we've got a lot of long guys in the paint or whatever. Yeah, but if you're and, just and um, and they've but they've also trees. probably got
1: more long guys than you, so it's like kind of like double.
0: That's the thing. That's probably is actually partly Kryptonite because the the Milwaukee Bucks were built by Al GM John oh. Hammond. Oh, he built the Bucks before he came to Orlando. Obviously, there's like been a few things he didn't do, like um. I think Brooke Lopez came after he left. Uh obviously Bro Brogdon's left.
1: Wait, what um, did he do? Did he um sign um Matthew Delavadova to that great contract?
0: Who? Hammond? Yeah. Hammond did a lot. Drafted Giannis, drafted Brogdon. So,
1: but then um, but then signed Delvadova, signed um. Who was that guy they invested in for a I don't long know time? If like,
0: signed Donovan over, maybe
1: was he? Well, no, because um, the interesting thing about the Bucks is that, like, for a few years there, they were te- they, their GM and like the organization seemed terrible, right? Like, they signed Jay- they 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 stole Jason Kidd as the head coach, and um, you know, that was weird. We're really poorly organized, and then last year they like whoever stepped in there nailed it, and no. I'm like, my point is, was the no, magic Hammond... guy, the bad guy before no, they fixed he did, it last year? He did
0: a great job. No, I think the John, Jason Kidd, not John Kidd, Jason Kidd. Um,
1: that was an ownership decision.
0: Thing was weird. But yeah, I think it was maybe an ownership decision. But he was
1: friends with the owners or something like that and he talked his way into it or something weird. Was he also the GM for a bit? Like it was so funny. Um, Jason Kidd? Nah. He was, it was, he had a lot of power. That's why he went there, right? Like he wanted, he wanted like decisions over player personnel in, where was he? New York or New Jersey. New York, was in Jersey, Jersey, yeah, and he he wanted well, that Brooklyn. control. He was in Brooklyn, and they got rid of him. Um, oh, I forgot. I forgot that team moved. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting experiment where the Magic. It's a real interesting question. The Magic and the Wizards are both Eastern Conference teams who have shown. Like, would you rather put all your stock?
0: Well. What? Sorcery. They're both like sorcery based.
1: Yeah, based. would you rather be um a, a nine on defense and a one on offense? Or a yeah. one on offense and a nine on defense, and I think the magic of proven that you'd rather be good at defense. defense.
0: Yeah, it, I thought that when they played as well because the wizards are crazy. <laughs> like this, they're, yeah. they're, they're cash money, but man, they don't play any defense. Yeah, but like, there's times where you're just like, what the heck? But then you'll score on them, and then they'll score within five seconds. Like they'll just score it back. But-
1: I, I, I think. Um, I think Rui Hashimura is a really interesting case study. I think he's the new Adam Morrison. Um. Or um, it's really interesting, but like um, every year the internet gets swept up in a player who's not actually that good, but like puts uh, up a few stat lines and stuff like that and looks quite I don't exciting. Think he really did. What?
0: I I don't think his college stats were that good. I I think he's going to be good.
1: So I Hashimura, think. I think, is the new... Um, uh, it's, hard, it's hard to find a person to compare him to. Maybe like Michael Carter-Williams or... Um,
0: no, yeah, I think you're crazy. Uh,
1: who, who who's like I think a? he's
0: really jumped out as... Um,
1: Tyreek Evans. It's like a it's like a rookie who like looks promising but is actually not a good player. Like who's going to build their team? Michael Porter Jr. And this is he, he's because of injury, not because of talent. But like it's really interesting if you're a score first offensive player who can't really play defense. Like, if the team's not built around you, or built around you scoring, and the Wizards aren't built around him, but they're built around, you know, just everyone just attacking the hoop at all times, and not playing any defense, um, it kind of really distorts the player, and I I think, I'm coming out and saying, I realize it's a controversial take, but I think Hashimura is fool's gold, and it's like, who's going to give him, on a good team, like, you know, 20 shots a game, and he's going to need that to be effective so I, I don't know I just I have no I think
0: eventually right. he's going to be like a, a centerpiece franchise player
1: Wow he, um, that's the yes, you've he, gone in deep there
0: yeah I'm really I really like him and I just remember watching him play for Japan um, and beating uh, Australian boomers team that was pretty stacked with the NBA talent yeah and him just carrying this Japan team to a win and yeah he but was like 19 at the I
1: time. mean the NBA is littered with carcasses of like Dion waiters or um, Hassan Whiteside, or I'm not, I'm, that's not the one I'm looking yeah, what, for. Who's the guy? Who's born ready? Who's um, Lance, Stevenson. Lance Stevenson,
0: like just yeah. gunner
1: scorers who you're like, damn, this guy's the next. Um, I don't think I don't Kobe Bryant,
0: Archie Murray as being like a gunner scorer.
1: He had he had, for a rookie. He has. you got to remember he's
0: a rookie. Yeah, I guess.
1: That's, what what does he do besides scoring? Can't oh. shoot, can't play D, not a passer.
0: He's I don't know. I haven't gunner seen scorer. Of him, but I'm high on them. Yeah. He's I think he's got a good build. He's going to be a He's got a athlete. great build.
1: Oh, and great guy as well. And the people's champ. Like he's going to be the Twitter and Reddit champ, but I'm like he's going to be the Twitter and Reddit champ playing in Japan in like 3 years time. Maybe no, that's too I harsh. Disagree. Too negative. Okay.
0: I'm high on him. Um not so high on Dar- Darvis Bertans. He's <laughs> falling out.
1: No. <laughs> You got to remember that this is a Nuggets, a Wizards team that's putting up like 140 points a game. Like someone's got to. Yeah, beat. and
0: he's scoring like 30. Of them. <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, we In his last us... three games. He's hit six threes, five threes, Paul, seven we... threes. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, good point. There's always a there's always a role for that person, and plus, everyone wants to stretch for whatever the hell he is. Yeah, but um, uh, you. Uh, I think the stats this year, man, I'm really struggling there. Eh? I like you know how like the stat today is that um. Uh, Donchich has passed Michael Jordan for 25-5. and five. It's like, it's not comparable at all. And I'm not offended yeah. by that or anything like that, but I'm like, because LeBron for the last 20 years has been breaking everyone's stat line. And don't get me wrong, I guess, I guess I've guess c- i come to the conclusion that LeBron's one of the greatest of all time. And Doncic is definitely on that track as well. But like, these crazy stat lines they're putting out, it's like, just any, someone yeah, averaging it's, 30 it's points a game. game. Russell Westbrook is, in these terrible games he's playing, is still putting up triple doubles. Like, it's just not... Stats have really gone haywire, and I just don't think you can read into them Mm. at all. When You know, they're like Harden's averaging more than Jordan was in 86 or whatever, but Jordan was doing it without shooting any threes. Like, it's like,
0: yeah, it's mental. I just clicked the other day, like, because the Magic are, I think, maybe, like, the slowest, one of the slowest paces. Yeah, boy. And I was always kind of thinking, like, why is that? Like, we have a lot of athleticism and, like, I think we'd re- like we look good when we fast break. Like Markel Fultz on the fast break is pretty unstoppable. Yeah. Um, Aaron Gordon, when he doesn't commit a charge, is pretty unstoppable. <laughs> Terrence Ross, you know we've got a lot of speed and athleticism. Um, Jonathan Isaac on the fast break. Awesome. Oh,
1: that's all that um, that. um, it's all that Fultz has got. Speed.
0: No, no, no. But um, what I will say is, I I clipped the other day and I was like, oh, well, when you're like a defensive team. Like obviously, just going slow, like limiting how many positions there are. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's huge. So it, it does make sense, and but it is like still fast break if it's on, but then if it's not, really take your time. So um,
1: yeah, the weird the weird thing is they're just not good at taking their time the way. But you can
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, here's I, I, the thing. I, it's time for player of the week. Okay, for Magic Mayhem. Player given,
1: of the week.
0: I've actually gone um a joint joint winners, Aaron Gordon and Terrence Ross, who have both... Because like, I, I wanted to give it to Terrence Ross because he's been awesome. Uh, he's finally But then I also his, want to give it
1: like, to Aaron Gordon because he's been awesome.
0: Yeah, Terence Ross has finally come into his usual self. And and people were saying, you know, contract year or whatever last year, so he was playing well. But he's just not a guy... He's a guy who plays to win. Great, great. If he um, plays to
1: win, he's hasn't been doing a good job of it.
0: No, great, uh, you know, character, high character player. Yeah, plays to win. Great, te- great team guy. Real I'd hard say. worker. So I just real wasn't buying guy. into that at all. Real and locker I was room presence. His shots going to come. Real lunch sure pail
1: kid. Shows up to so? work every day, does his work, goes home.
0: Terence Ross, yeah,
1: has a life nice. insurance policy, so his his family's looked after if he dies. Yeah, grit and grind a human torch. all day, um, every day. Hard work never he... stops. People don't see. Anyway, People only see the tip of the iceberg. They don't see the hard work that's under it, which is the, no. the most of the iceberg.
0: Yeah. Um, Follow that's, that's the part of the iceberg that does a lot of the damage to the Titanic. Yeah. Because they thought it was quite a small iceberg. They laughed at it's it. It's actually massive under there.
1: Why didn't they and build they did, the airtight walls up to the top of the ship, though, eh? Idiots.
0: Yeah, idiots. But also, I think it rips multiple compartments.
1: It did, but you still build the walls up to the top. So to oh, keep yeah. some air trapped in the ship. Like, it's ridiculous.
0: Oh, they, they made a lot of mistakes at that time. Um, but Aaron Gordon absolutely balled out, especially against Phoenix, where he shot 86%, five three-pointers, 32 points. Uh, I will say this about Aaron Gordon. He's been probably our most frustrating player this year in terms of End just shooting And of last year and the year before
1: that as well.
0: No, shooting weird. His shot selection's been bad this year. He's weirdly shooting a lot of turnaround, fadeaway jumpers, uh, a lot of off-the-dribble, pull-up two-pointers. Like, and it's just not what his game is. His game is cutting, throwing down dunks. Uh, yeah, he's not. he shouldn't be trying to create jump shots with the ball in his hand, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, he's been doing a lot of that. But anyway, it was nice to see him just explode and uh, kill... Because Phoenix, this is how the Phoenix game happened. The game began and at the end of the first quarter if if you'd called me then I would have told you the Phoenix Suns are the greatest basketball team I've ever seen. They were unreal. like, But they just couldn't miss. Yeah, And uh, they looked awesome and I was like man, we're in trouble. There's no way we're going to beat this team. And then luckily it kind of reversed and we caught fire and Aaron Gordon shot 86% for 32 points. But um... It was a of game. Cause... Aaron
1: Gordon also got one of the dunks of the <laughs> week, where he did a um, a real casual like three sixty, almost in traffic. <laughs> um, the other day, yeah. are you a little bit? I, it's, it's amazing how I managed to spin everything <laughs> negative. But are <laughs> you a little? When he came into the league, and when when I was advocating last year, I was like, they should sign him to a max because, or whatever he wants. Unfortunately, because not that I think he's worth that, but because the Magic just can't lose any more talent that they've developed and have him go and mm. thrive at another team. But my other reason being like, even if he's not good, the Magic are not going anywhere. It's not like they're going to be a contender. It's not like they have to worry about overpaying him now. Um, but even if he's not good, he's at least like a human highlight reel. But based on how good he is at dunking, which is probably one of the best dunk contest contestants ever, um, he even though he hasn't won, he was a bit robbed. Um, he got robbed, it's, yeah. it's It's just weird that he isn't a better in-game dunker and doesn't like put a bit more like razzmatazz on his dunks, you know?
0: Yeah, I think he throws down some pretty nice dunks sometimes. He did a nice alley-oop the other day as well. I
1: think Uh, I I, I really lean towards mm. a Stromile Swift type dunker, like a guy who puts everything into it, like really yams it hard and like really has some swagger in his dunk, and Aaron Gordon almost seems to be the opposite, he seems to be like quite gentle, and like even that 360 in traffic, when you hear that you're like, man that must have been vicious, you'd never describe his dunk as vicious, it was like, almost like mechanical, or um, uh, necessary, like he, like he was like, I need to do a 360 now to make sure I get around my defender, so he just does it, and then just does, scores technically two points, but there's no kind of like razzmatazz on it if it was like a Kobe Bryant or someone else who might do a dunk like that kind of, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think one thing I really like about him is that he, he, he knows his athleticism and he, he goes to dunk a lot. Like there's times where you're like, you see him get it and you're like, there's no way, he's, is he going for a dunk? There's no way he's trying to dunk that. Yeah. And then he will, he will go for it. And he'll often get fouled or whatever. But, um, you know, he goes for some crazy dunks, I think, at times. Often yeah. gets fouled. But that's the way to get fouled, I think, is to go hard and, and not try and, you know, beat around the bush. I don't know if that's the right thing. Don't beat or... around
1: the bush. Um, we're, we're running out of time. Um, we've still got time for movie magic, though. So you you ready to do back-to-back segments? Yeah, guy. I've been thinking, can wait, and I kind of like I had a long rant about my relegation idea again. So um, we can we can we can we can kind of count that as guy. I've been thinking. Are you ready? And people, are you ready for movie, movie magic? I've never heard this before, Paul. You've got a new sting to bring to the table.
0: Oh yeah, it's just a bit of music.
1: Let's let's hear it. It's time for our
0: movie magic with me, words Oh, Wait, the cool. music's still happening. Yeah, no. Okay, wow. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have my voice maybe saying like, "Hi, it's time for for the magic of the movies with Paul."
1: I actually just a bit of music. I assumed you would have composed it. so I was like, "Man, Paul has nailed this," but obviously no, that's no, a no. Disney sting or something. Where's it from?
0: It's from uh, Universal Studios Islands of Adventure.
1: Wow, is it from like the theme, like the music they made for the theme park ambiance?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's not quite what I was after, but I was struggling to find what I was after, and and that, and I just found that just before we started recording. So. Oh, it's pretty
1: great, man. Um, okay, pretty, yeah. So this is movie, um, uh, movie uh, magic. I've actually got, a, I've got to complain about movie magic. Um, but I'll, okay. it's funny that magic is in the title of movie magic and you might assume no, well, that it's about mag- movies about the magic such as Kazam starring Shaq or um, Blue Chips starring Shaq um,
0: I'm like Mike starring I think uh, I think the magic probably feature in that I Jason doubt it
1: lady. I doubt it I don't think there I was I think they would Nowitzki, Steve Nash were in it um, um, mm. anyway uh, I've, got, I've got a bit of a complaint coming up later but you, let's start with a bit of movie magic
0: um yeah. I actually realized I've, I've been in in London and I've been quite busy. I haven't really seen
1: You've moved all away the from films. your uh, movie scholarship or your movie um uh, what's it not scholarship um subscription. That's a bit weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I have been quite busy. Um I have been quite busy.
1: Yeah. So what you've been to no S- movies this week?
0: Yeah, kind of. Tracy McGrady is in um like Mike. I can what? confirm that.
1: No. I- <laughs> Wait, you you got some music for Movie Magic, but you didn't do yeah. the most fundamental part of Movie Magic, which is see a movie. Correct, yeah. This is unbelievable. I, I, every other week, you did like th- two or three movies. Why don't you just save one of your movies from another week well, and just pretend you'd seen one yeah, this week I like a basic Enriched professional? It. Like, it Enriched seems so it easy. Like, you could have just lied to me right now and just told me a movie that you saw three weeks ago that I haven't seen.
0: I actually, I actually did go to the cinema, but it was... Um, the BFI, the British Film Institute, and it was an old movie from like...
1: You, you could know, have reviewed that. Like, it's fine. There's no rules to the segment. You've just got to talk about a movie once yeah, a week. Well, I don't even do want that. to do this segment. and. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll do it then. The yeah. film I saw was The Philadelphia Story. And No, I'm not talking about the, the story of Joel Bede <laughs> and Ben Simmons. I'm talking about the movie The Philadelphia Story. Cary Grant... Uh James Stewart, Catherine Hepburn. Wow. It's a hell of a film.
1: Hell of a cast.
0: Uh, hell of a cast, yeah. It's um it's actually a really good film. I saw it for the first time about two years ago, and I enjoyed it, but I, I almost enjoyed it more this time in the cinema.
1: Oh, yeah, everything's uh, better in the cinema, right? Eh? It would be so good if they showed more um, classics in the cinema. We saw Pulp Fiction. It was awesome. Um, yes,
0: it's awesome going to the cinema so, for, for a classic.
1: Yeah, but so they should do it, but um, apparently big companies like Disney and stuff, they limit the ability to show them in cinema, and that's why it doesn't happen more often, because otherwise most of the cinema films would probably be classics, because you'd rather yeah, well, you see know,
0: that. like Remember what it was like at the start of DVDs, where there'd be like... Videos and they'll be like, "You can't show this in schools, yeah. prisons, or on oil rigs." you must
1: be so gutted when you're in an oil rig. You're like, "Damn it, yeah! If yeah. we've been on this effing oil rig for three years, and all we want to do is watch Pocahontas."
0: Yeah, um, but yeah, Philadelphia Story is a great flick worth checking out. Um, also, the James Bond trailer came out for. Uh, no Time to Die. It, uh, I was into it.
1: Can you give um, me... Can, wait, rewind two steps, two steps. I'm also... The new Ghostbusters trailer looks intriguing as well. Um, rewind two that. steps. Philadelphia story, roughly, what is that about? I'm interested.
0: Um, okay. So, Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn are a couple. Yeah. But they break up at the start of the film. <gasps> Fast forward a couple years, maybe. In fact, I think they were maybe engaged, and they break up. Fast forward a couple years... Um, and Catherine Hepburn is now getting married to a different man. Oh, no. But Cary Grant arrives back in town hearing this. He goes to some uh, kind of gossip m- magazine, and he he says, I'll get you into this wedding, because it's like a big wedding in Philadelphia between these like rich families, you know? Yeah. So he's like, I'll get you in if you pretend to be these friends and you can do a story. And they're kind of like, why? Why would you do this? And he was like, revenge kind of thing. And so that's kind of the plot: is him and these two journalists are going in undercover, and it's like the wedding weekend or whatever of this high-profile Philadelphia couple. So in modern terms, I'm talking, you know, Ben Simmons and uh, um, Kylie Jenner, or the Jenner that he supposedly dated or whatever. Yeah. Like those two are getting married yeah. in Philly. Yeah. And then, um, you know. Good
1: basketball analogy.
0: Kyle Lowry shows up and he's like. Yeah. He's like taking the. Um, he, some he, ringer.
1: He's trying to sabotage the wedding.
0: In a way, yeah, but it, it, it's an interesting flick. Is it? It, 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 it I, is. a flick that take, takes place over like a short amount of time, you know? This happens over like. Two hours. No, like 24 hours or something like
1: that. Um, so I. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really interested in, da- does, does it seem real dated now? You know how so many films, you're like, oh, it's a great I, romance, and then it turns out, like looking at it now in 2019, it's just a dude gaslighting a woman for like three months. No,
0: I actually think um a lot of the funny bits hold up. Like, I laughed, I laughed out loud at bits. There's some funny bits... Um that I think we're almost probably ahead of their time in terms of of comedy. But no,
1: but what about like just like the themes? Like, who is stuff? this? F- I don't think it's probably as a dude. You can't just show up to people's weddings and try and sabotage them so the girl will love you. Like that's not allowed. It's legal. They're
0: okay, there is a bit at the start when they sh- you show them breaking up, and he does kind of um, push Catherine Hepburn over in it.
1: But it's it's down kind some of in a stairs. slapstick
0: comedy way. You know? Oh, okay, all right. It's not like a um, like I I Look, think some. The, the there's not enough domestic violence comedy
1: these days, and uh, they need to bring it back, I reckon. Okay. Nothing funnier. <laughs> sorry, I'm just sorry. i would be an asshole. Um, yeah, and um, you you've then you mentioned you saw the James Bond trailer. Now James Bond is huge for you. Yeah. Um, big. And uh, he's I'll back. Say this.
0: He's back. And Sam Mendes is gone, which I'm glad. Was he the I, shit
1: director I, I, ruining it?
0: Well, he did the last two, and a lot of people loved Sky I didn't.
1: Sky was shit. That was the one where he got the old Austin Martin back, eh? That was shocking. Yeah. And then the one after and that, what was the next one after that?
0: Well, people were high on Sky hated Spectre. Out of those two, I probably preferred Spectre, to be honest. I don't even think I watched but,
1: Spectre. Can you give me a clue as to what was in Spectre?
0: Um, uh, Just tell me, who's like, who's the bad guy? Is it a, a Scarface guy?
1: Okay, is is he in a car?
0: Plays the bad guy. Oh yeah, and and it's got Bond drives a car. Yes, car chase through Rome. Oh, it's so bad. And there's
1: um, that his cue is this young British guy who's like, a- well, he's
0: been that for the last few movies. Who goes on a
1: cell phone? Is that guy stand up? Like
0: Paddington Bear.
1: Yeah, I I'm really interested. I was like, hey, I'm a comedian. Imagine they offered me that role, and I'm like, it's the worst role ever. He's
0: not a comedian. He's an actor. Well, he He should be a
1: comedian because he's very unfunny. Um, The point is, it's like his role needs to go. Like,
0: they,
1: no. you you could rewrite James Bond. Like, you don't need a Q. Like, they had a legendary Q for years, and people used to be impressed by, like, exploding pins. People aren't impressed by that while. People don't want to see hacking or have that part of a story because it's boring. It's like they should just write out Q and do something else. Like, you can... No,
0: Q's a huge part of it. It's iconic. Um, But the new film I'm excited about, new director, uh, he directed... True, crime, uh, true true detective season one and or season two? Because
1: that's a big if.
0: Season one. Okay, thank God. And he directed the show Maniac, that a lot of people liked. I wasn't. I thought it looked cool, but I wasn't. I lost interest after a couple of episodes. Um, but you know, he's kind of a younger director. The old director. Think, what did I he direct? Shaw Mendes. Yeah. He was like the Road to Perdition. Was his big one? I think. Is uh, that good? I got to watch that. I don't know. I saw it too young, I think. But Daniel Craig is in that. Interesting. So
1: Fascinating stuff. I remember
0: reading a story about Daniel Craig approaching him at a party and trying to convince him to direct the next James Bond. I thought it was kind of cool that Daniel Craig has like a lot of say in like stuff like are
1: that. You, are you glad Daniel Craig's still the James Bond?
0: Yeah, yeah, I am. I, I'm a big Daniel Craig fan. Uh, I'd say this is surely his probably last, because he is getting on. And after the last one, he said he would rather slit his wrists than do another.
1: <laughs> the fact he's doing one is... Makes it think that he uh, failed his attempted suicide.
0: Yeah, possibly. That's so well, good. Well maybe he's gonna die in the film Did he
1: honestly then? say I'd rather slip my wrists than do another That's, one? I think
0: it directs like verbatim. Is that <laughs>
1: verbatim like, word Oh that, that is verbatim. so good. So good. Oh, okay, amazing. Um and who do you want to replace? Um him as James Bond. Well,
0: I'd love to step up. Um, yeah, you personally.
1: personally. Yeah. But, um, it, it seems like you're an outside
0: shot. it's really hard now, I think. Also, because of social media and stuff, you kind of start to really realize that like no one's very cool. So like, yeah, you know, there's no like, mysterious there's no person as... out there. Who yeah, who, who recently and... did
1: you think was cool that got um, uh, that got shot down because um, uh, like who who you find out on social media was not as cool as you thought they were?
0: Um, oh, I don't know. Oh, it's you just like, you I just anyone's social media you go on and it's like "Yeah, this person's a loser not
1: cool do you ever see someone's social media because I always worry about this I'm like I should just get off social media because I'm just embarrassing myself I hate it but it's a good promotional tool Um, Mm. do you uh, do you see anyone's social media and think that person's awesome on social media and you go out of your way to find them kind of thing
0: nah I've never really
1: had that well at on Twitter he's pretty good
0: yeah he's cool that's true
1: at C.E.J. I was like I want to be that guy's mate he's a cool guy yeah yeah
0: yeah he's a cool guy
1: yeah. Um, um is that the end of movie magic?
0: Yeah, I reckon Because I've got a movie magic bad,
1: complaint. Because yeah, um, I watched the movie. I watched the trailer for um uh a simple what's that what's that what Knives Out. And I watched Knives it. Yeah, right. It's also starring Daniel Craig. It's every we should have a yeah. rule that every movie magic film talked about has to include <laughs> Daniel Craig in some way. We'd run out very quick, but it would be fun. Okay. Um so he's the lead character in in Knives Out and I watched the trailer. Uh,
0: kinda. He
1: definitely is. Well, I've got another no. complaint then. Okay. It was clearly, when I watched the trailer, a, a black comedy. And the trailer looked terrible because the jokes were so cheesy and stuff like that.
0: Some, yeah.
1: But I was like, um, it's, a, it's a comedy about a murder. It's a murder mystery, but there's a lot of jokes in it. And then mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I, I went and watched the movie. And then I, I listened to Movie Magic featuring Paul Williams on the, on the Advanced yeah. Analytics podcast. And I go, it's a black comedy, right? Just trying to get more information out yeah. of you. And you said no, it's not. And then I watched the movie. Well, it was a black comedy. Like there's so many oh, you've jokes seen the in movie? it. What?
0: Well, I, no, I went this, there. I'd say someone made the. Someone I was laughing.
1: Get... I was cracking up. Be- now well, it, right, it, it wasn't right. that funny, but there was a lot of jokes, I think and there were some good, good
0: ones. Funny bits. Yeah. But, um...
1: It was a black comedy. It was a definition. <laughs> like the first thing you describe it as is, is a yeah, black comedy. And this yeah, segment yeah. on Advanced Analytics Podcast I led me astray and led the people of the world astray.
0: I think I would describe it as a detective film first, like a true—not uh, a true crime, but like a who done it crime film first. Yeah, but
1: yeah, yeah and a black and then comedy. The comedy
0: comes second to that, I guess. But, but it's just a
1: classic black comedy. It's like a man died, but it's 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 not like real serious. It's like like even the final yeah, yeah. hurrah is like anyway. I don't want to spoil it in case um, people see it. But there's, so did you enjoy it? Um I think it's, like, when I saw it, it had an 80 on Metacritic, which is, like, really high. So I'm like, this is going to be really good. I'd describe it, I'd put it in the, this is where I put most films. It's like, it's like a great, entertaining, fine film. Not good. But, like, watch it, enjoy it, fine. Never talk about it again, kind of thing. Like, watch it on a plane, it'd be the best time of your life. Watch it, um, if you want to distract yourself for a night, great time. But um, nothing to write home about. Not at all memorable or special.
0: Wow. Okay. Cutting. Did
1: you think it was a no? Well, I'm just. I'm saying watch nah, it. But yeah, don't...
0: I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It's not in my top kind of three of the year. You know, but it'd be in. What are your top kind of
1: three the top of the year again? Just sure. to remind, remind me.
0: Marriage Story. Number one. Number two. I'm going to probably say Parasite. Number three. I'm going to say. Probably Frozen once too. upon a time in Hollywood, or uh, I was a big fan of Jojo Rabbit.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, so Magic Story, um, Marriage, Marriage Story. Sorry, <laughs> everything's magic based. Um, what? Where do I see that? Like, what is that on Netflix? What is that?
0: I, I think it is actually coming out on Netflix any day now. I might be wrong, but I think it is. It is a Netflix. What's movie. it about?
1: Give me a brief hypnosis.
0: Um, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. One's a director, one's an actor. They're a couple.
1: It's crazy how uh, how hard City. you struggle. Is it a comedy? Is it a drama?
0: Well, I don't want to spoil too much. Um, it's really funny. I laughed really hard at times. Wow. I cried at times. I felt I felt all the emotions really. Heck of a flick.
1: Okay. It was I'll a roller coaster. Go right, check it out. Um, thanks. I, think you'll,
0: I think you'll like it because th- there's some funny lawyers in it and we both agree that lawyers are, lawyers are funny. funny. Lawyers are funny. Lawyers
1: yeah. are so good. All right. Um, we should wrap
0: it up though. It's getting quite late here. Thanks in to
1: everyone who listened to the podcast. We love you from the bottom of our hearts. I've been Guy Williams.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't do that. Peace.